Hey Com 122 podcast listeners, this is Joanna, your digital learning assistant. In the previous episode, we discussed four historical regulations targeting the media and communication industry. In the episode today, we are going to look at some of the most contemporary issues of media regulations. More specifically, we will bring up the issues of net neutrality and cross-ownership. How regulators deal with the issues reflect their regulatory philosophy and ideological leaning. With the seismic changes in the nation's politics, we will see how the same media regulation issue might be dealt with very differently under different administrations. Because most often regulations are implemented by the government and official regulatory bodies, let's first discuss the role of government. In the previous examples of Radio Act of 1912 and 1927, as well as in the Communications Act 1934, the U.S. government served as a rulemaker seeking to strike a balance between incentivizing the marketplace and to protect the public interest. Some would argue that the industry itself can handle issues pretty well. The industry can tackle issues such as media violence internally, by implementing self-regulation. People who support this view tend to believe in the free market and small government, claiming that the intervention of the government will obscure the supply and demand equilibrium. In other words, through free competition and supply and demand, the market forces, not the government, will pick the winners and losers. There is a lot to like about this viewpoint. However, the market force isn't perfect. Sometimes industry just cannot regulate itself. Remember the interference issue before the Radio Act 1912? Governments need to step in sometimes because a democratically elected government can represent the public interest and neutral arbitrator. Many argue that the government should take a more preemptive role in making rules and setting standards to fix issues facing the media industry, not only because market force may fail, but also because the media and communication industry is an important public infrastructure and the stake for the public interest is high. Many media products resemble public goods or common pools of resources, and they cannot be entirely privatized. While this call for governments to step in preemptively might be well-intended, sometimes governments may become too intrusive paternalistic, or even ignorant by making rules too cumbersome or irrelevant that it takes toll on the healthy development of the industry. We can just look at the recent congressional hearings regarding online privacy, big tech, and foreign interferences. As some of the technologically challenged congressmen and congresswomen grill tech executives and engage in grandstanding, do you really trust they can make fair and balanced rules? So, this is a dilemma facing media regulations, government can be powerful enough to protect you from big business but it can also be too powerful to harm you. Private industry can be powerful enough to deliver to you better goods and services, but it could become too big to harm the public interest. Next, we will look at a type of regulation called structural regulation. It includes setting rules and standards about access, that is, who has access and how, about ownership, that is, who owns and how much, and about licensing, which is the permission to use public resources such as public airwaves. Net neutrality a recent regulatory issue falling under the category of access because it is about what content is accessible and by whom. The principle of net neutrality maintains that internet service providers cannot charge content providers to speed up the delivery of their goods. All internet traffic, whether it be streaming videos from Netflix or your text messages, is treated equally. In 2015, under the Obama administration, internet service providers, ISP, were reclassified by the FCC as a common carrier like a public utility. Doing so will uphold the net neutrality principle. In the case of 2015, the FCC took a pro-public approach by prioritizing the public interest over the interest of the industry. Tom Wheeler, the former FCC chairman said, 
the Internet is simply too important to allow broadband providers to be the ones making the rules. The current FCC, which is led by Ajit Pai, repealed the net neutrality rule in 2017. Ajit Pai believes that consumers benefit the most from the free market competition, rather than preemptive regulations. So he and his FCC took a deregulatory approach to remove rules constraining the industry. In their view, repealing net neutrality rule would open up market for more companies to profit from the industry and to compete with one another. In the case of net neutrality, we can observe how the FCC under different administration may prioritize either public interest or business interest. While the FCC, the country's chief regulator in the media and telecommunication industry, may take different regulatory approaches at different times, the FCC is constantly criticized for its cozy relationship with the industry. Many of the FCC's current and past chairmen and commissioners have worked in the industry. This is often referred to as the revolving door between industry and regulators. We should also note that a large sum of money has been spent lobbying the FCC and Congress. You can go to OpenSecret.org to find out who is the biggest spender on lobbying to pass certain regulations. Next, let's look at regulations of ownership. Again, this is a type of structural regulation. Ownership regulation is concerned with antitrust and preventing monopoly. It is often about approving or vetoing vertical and horizontal integration. Generally speaking, the FCC and FTC tend to scrutinize horizontal integration because horizontal integration is the merger of companies operating in the same market. Such integration may reduce the number of players in the same market, thus raising the issue of monopoly. Vertical integration, on the other hand, is more accepted as long as it promotes competition between different platforms. While the regulators want to promote competition in the marketplace, the regulations actually implemented may have unintended consequences, with the Telecommunications Act of 1996 and its loosening up of cross-ownership rules, a company can own multiple stations across regions, sectors, industries, and platforms. This has resulted in media conglomerates that control a large swath of local TV and radio stations. Companies such as Nexstar, Sinclair. What is the consequence? Just watch the video clips linked to your lecture slide. In general, media consolidation through cross-media ownership can boost a company's revenue and it may supply funding to sectors that suffer constant revenue loss. However, cross-media ownership and the media conglomerates it creates may be bad for diversity. It reduces the amount of local content. It also reduces viewpoint diversity because a single station group's talking points may be carried across hundreds of local stations it owns. Examples? Just watch the clips about a segment called Terrorism Alert Desk, which is a must-carry segment produced by Sinclair and aired across Sinclair's national network of local stations. Lastly, we review regulations on licensing and frequency allocation. Back in the era of Radio Act 1912 and 1927, the government was given the task of issuing license and frequency to any individual and business who uses public airwaves for broadcasting. With the introduction of the Telecommunication Act 1996, FCC now adopts a more flexible licensing process and conditions. That means broadcasters can hold licenses for a longer period of time. With the expansion of the mobile internet network, the FCC is also involved in spectrum auctions, releasing frequency bands and public airwaves previously used by broadcast stations and reallocate them to mobile service providers. For more information, you can watch the video clip on reverse auctions, which is added to your lecture slide. A quick overview, in this episode, we talk about various types of structural regulations related to access, ownership, and licensing processes. To learn more about the process, make sure you follow the lecture slides.